0: This is Jay Michaels speaking with the movers, shakers, and indie art makers in The Passion Pit. So I was asked many times where Mary and I got the name for this podcast. See, now, I love irony and double meaning, and it supplied me with both of those. A pit is a deep hole hard to get out of, or it's a competition between people. Passion, coming from the word apathy, describes something so strong we would make sacrifices to attain it real artists forsake all to create their art they must compete for every tiny bit of space time and acknowledgement not to mention money and no matter how difficult the struggle how deep the pit is if you will they keep going as do we all and as do i i don't make the big bucks gang truly but if the chance to make art work with artists and help my fellow high priests in the temple of my passion achieve their goals if these can be constructed as wealth I'm doing just fine. In the Passion Pit, we opened doors to more than just stage and film. This season, we're going to also interview musicians, authors, and even a few historical figures. On that note, before there were the Barrymores, there were the Booths. Edwin, Junius Sr. and Jr., and their little brother, John Wilkes, were simply the greatest actors of their time and legendary as performers even through to today. On that note, Spit and Vigor, an energetic, intelligent, and ambitious theater company in the indie scene whose de facto focus is on the historical works, has a play called The Brutes, which depicts the Thanksgiving dinner of the Booth family prior to their historic performance of Julius Caesar in New York and to John Wilkes Booth's historic moment of his own. I had the chance to chat with Adam Belvo of Spit and Vigor and Paul Valley the great-great-grandson of Junius Brutus Booth, Jr., thus the second great, well, two times great, nephew of Edwin and, uh, and his brother. Spit and Vigor will be doing a command performance of the Brutes on November 15 at the Players Club, founded by Edwin Booth and sponsored by Mr. Valley and his family. The play itself has been going like wildfire for some time. It was part of Planet Connection's summer season. It also was at the New Ohio Theater, where it was reviewed by the New York Times. We'll now hear all about that, and we'll hear it from the mouth of Paul Valley himself right after this.
1: Would you like more people to attend your show? At Oplod, we combine artificial intelligence and human intuition to expand your audience and increase ticket sales. For a limited time, we'll help you fill your seats free of charge to prove our value. That's right, we will promote your show at no cost if you begin right away. Sound good? For more information, email promote at oplaud.com. All right, I think we are. I think we
0: are rolling, Mr. Valley. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm as good as I was yesterday. How are you? I'm <laughs> great. Well, uh, I'm I'm thrilled we had a chance to chat yesterday, so I got to know you. So today could could even be smoother and more informative. Um, uh, my listeners, I we have a very special guest on the phone. Aside from Adam Belvo, who's. Uh, 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 Yes. <laughs> uh, Adam uh, Adam is one of the founders of Spit and Vigor, and they are doing a production of The Brutes. Uh, and uh, the special guest, who is the arbiter of their next performance, uh, has a very close relationship with uh, with the subject matter of the show. Adam, would you like to introduce our guest and the show?
1: Yes. Uh, our, our special guest today is Paul Valley. Um, he is a great, great grandson of Junius Brutus Booth Jr., uh, who was one of, he was the elder brother of the famed Edwin Booth of the Booth family, and also of John Wilkes Booth, uh, uh, more of infamy, maybe of fame. Indeed. uh, Indeed. Uh, Hi.
0: Mr. Valley, yesterday, um, Adam, we'll get back to you, and definitely, uh, I want I want our listeners to know more about the show. But I, I'm I'm interested in one big thing. I was I was trying to figure a way of not mentioning the elephant in the room, uh, uh, and that is John Wilkes Booth. And Mr. Valley, you were very forthright, and you were very brilliant in in some of your hypotheses about it yesterday. I had I had asked you, do you think the world has as as Uh, Rosencrantz says to Hamlet, uh, the world has grown honest, my lord. Uh, And and when I asked that, you said, no, we're not honest, we're realistic about history. Can you elaborate on that? Because that was quite brilliant yesterday. All
2: right. I I think there was a time in history when events that were in the past were not seen as realistically as We view things today. I think people. As an example, is the assassination of President Lincoln. John Wilkes Booth did that. We all know it. People were angry about it. People are still angry about it. But today, nobody takes that out on the Booth defendants, of which I am just one of many. Um, And. As a result, instead we have intelligent discussions about what happened, why it happened, um, how is it different today. It's just—it's it's much more intelligent, much more realistic view of whether or not the people of today can be blamed for what happened yesterday. Uh,
0: We're—we're a far more objective society. You're saying we're looking at had history uh, for its facts, if you will, and not its emotions, if we really wanted to, to classify it that way. Uh, Correct.
2: And, and by example of what I'm talking about, what happened at the time of the assassination, the following day, when Booth was in a hotel, and uh, getting ready to leave the hotel, a good friend of his stopped him and said there is a crowd outside you do not want to... Uh, to tangle with and so they work kind on of hiding him and getting him taken away and how the crowd got him they almost they were angry. They almost certainly would have taken him and killed him.
0: So so they would have they would have taken they would have taken out their anger on someone completely not re, not related, pardon the pun, not related to the incident. Correct. And their oldest brother my great great grandfather and their sister Proposed actually they had historic prison terms. They're Amazing. Because of the system, not because of anything they did, because of the victim. Because of, of impossible. Amazing. Amazing. Uh we I I'm I'm a, I'm fascinated ironically by the Kennedy assassination, uh and what we thought of uh, with the entire situation in nineteen sixty-three, in seventy-three, in eighty-three, in ninety-three, today. Uh, we see vastly different accounts, so I guess, I guess that's going everywhere, and I guess people are, are thirsty for the reality, as you had said, of each situation. Right, and I, and I, yeah, I think
2: we're better thinkers when it comes
0: to realism. Indeed. Uh, and thankfully we are. Uh, you, uh, you had mentioned actually, I think you had said your mother sat you down. When you were a little kid, when you were like nine years old, and, and and told you some terrible, shocking news that you had to keep secret?
2: It did, and it this case, when I was young, I was actually kept in front me for quite a while, and then he decided it was time to tell me, and she told me that, you know, she, in our city, she first, I knew her basic thing was food, but being young, I never thought to put any potential connection there, and found out that we were related. Uh, straight up to John Wilson, for one of his brothers. Um, and I was just completely floored, absolutely floored by this. After a lot of questions, he told me, what she you do?
0: could see you raising your hand in school and just saying, guess what I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that's so funny.
2: Yeah. it's, <laughs> bring up Every in a while, uh, topic might come up to where I can bring this up and we uh...
0: do you find interesting discussion when when you bring it up to people are are they are they as fascinated? Do do they do they want to hear details? Do they want to hear gossip? Do are they fascinated to hear details on this? absolutely good. The, the fun part though is
2: the first one you the look of shock on their face. And then to it immediately turns to they're interested in understanding the connections and uh, hearing my thoughts on what happened that night. Not just on John Wolfe, but on Brother Jimmy, It's probably the most famous, and in my opinion, and many people's opinion, the most talented actor that's ever been around. It's, it's so, it's a very famous actor
0: to see. To the other as well. I uh, na- Now let's segue into that. The the joy we now have in terms of social media, in terms of the internet, in terms of, of finding information. There's so much we can find now. Now, uh, Edwin Booth and your entire family, they, they were a theatrical dynasty. They came here from England and they basically brought Shakespeare to this country, if we really wanted to, uh, uh, to, to pinpoint it that way. Uh, do you find people now also are thirsty for knowledge for... For uh, pardon me, the, the reputable Booth's, the, the, the theatrical family, do they want to know more about your great-great-grandfather? Do they want to know more about Edwin Booth? Do they want to hear more about the, the artistic end of the family? Yeah, no, yeah because Edwin Booth is a
2: wonderful, wonderful person. He was a really good person. He um, started, as we know, the club here in the town called the Players. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the actors that I was at the time
0: were considered among the lowest levels of hierarchy in society. Right. So, it was not a good place to be. So, Ed was the accepted, uh, the highest
2: levels of society were just amazed by him and absorbed by him. Mark Twain was one of his best friends. um had some amazing things so, that he or actually he purchased his place and renovated and made it the club that it is, as an opportunity for some um, people in the acting profession to socialize with members of other people. And the player that was at the time and is currently made up of only about 40% of the people, the rest of other professions, but it's just the opportunity and it works. For actors to be seen as less than somebody undesirable to be with, they raised the profession. It is more than just years, right? the profession and
0: uh, the, the course of some history. That's so smart. I had no idea. I didn't know the players was was only a, a, a yes, forty percent a good percentage, but but that it was other professions as well. That's really fascinating. So he, he, for lack of a better term, he integrated the arts for people. Yes, yeah, absolutely,
2: and that was the test. He wanted to do that. And at the time, the only profession that was not allowed as membership was theater critics. <laughs> and, and it wasn't until 1960 that critics were starting
0: to be a good this membership. There's a story about Joseph Papp, and uh, when John Simon went to see something at the public theater, he went down the aisle, grabbed him by his tie, and threw him out of the building. So I, I, guess, I guess some pieces of history just sort of stay that way uh, in places. Now, now your family was a very clever family. Uh, your, your great-great-grandfather was not only an actor, but he was an actor-manager. Uh, which today we might call a stage manager or a producer or something like that. So uh, uh, tell us about him. Tell us about the ingenuity, because none of this would happen without his his business acumen as well.
2: Right. So he, well, there were more than just the three brothers, but the three brothers were the actors. Edwin, the middle brother, being uh, most famous and easily the most talented. John Wilkes probably Next in talent level, and about four years younger than Edwin, But then their oldest brother, which is my great great grandfather, is Brutus Luther, Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, was was a good actor, but not as famous or sought after as the other two. So we found that his real one of his talents was in managing theaters for productions, or uh, you know, the, the Perhaps what you might call it the business side of um, uh, entertainment. And so he he, he was good acting, but he um, was probably better known for the work he did in theater rather than on the stage. Uh huh. So so and their father, well, she said their father, Juliet Brudenbush Senior, is the one that came over from England. And he is credited with bringing theater and, in particular, Shakespeare to America and to the American
0: people. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Uh, and and when you have like a name like Junius Brutus, yeah, chances are you're you're you're, you're bringing the arts over to us uh, uh, with such yeah, a name. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, So so your family has been instrumental. He was instrumental in 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 creating this whole mystique and keeping the name going. And, and uh, Edwin Booth uh, was, was, was the actor. He was also uh, the philanthropist, if you will, thanks to the players. Uh, and, and your great-great-grandfather uh, uh, was instrumental as well. This is, this is quite a wonderful thing here. Now, now, I asked you this yesterday, and you gave me a brilliant answer again. Uh, I, I asked, if the Booths were around today, if today we had such a theater family, would they just be in the theater? Would they just be elsewhere? And you, you were quite clever Uh, in your response on that as well. Well, I I do believe they would still be
2: in theater, but the question is really around, you know, at the time, what they did completely and boldly was Shakespeare. Right. And did an amazing job at it. Now, and today, I don't think that's all they would do, and I certainly hope that had they been here today, they would do Shakespeare, but I believe they would also take on or uh, the contemporary uh, acting that people enjoy, um, because it, it, whatever it takes to get people to theater and enjoy it, and I think they would have excelled, and I think that was one of their talents. You know, the, the talent at the time required being able to handle Shakespeare, but right. so the talent of today requires being able to handle so many more things. Uh, comedy, hmm. contemporary issues, beyond only uh, Shakespeare, We see that in a lot of actors today. There's some very famous actors that really have their training in Shakespearean acting and have been able to take that and turn it into a, a much more contemporary and relatable forms of theater for the rest of the people that
0: didn't want to patronize theater. And, and you were quite astute, uh, you agreed with me, that uh, we're looking at people like Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and David Tennant, who, uh, who, who excel in Shakespeare, who are great Shakespearean actors, but they transcend other types and other media to, to relay their talent to so many people who might not see it otherwise.
2: Exactly, and those are really good examples. I mean, they're the people that are so amazingly talented in the Shakespearean realm of theater and yet they came and did they took their talent and expanded it into what the current base of people want to see and enjoy. And you know, one was in science fiction, another one was in fantasy. And they're just able and just because of their talent, their talent they were able to go
0: well beyond Shakespeare and handle Shakespeare in a truly marvelous way. Uh, when when Patrick Stewart and, and David Tennant did Hamlet, uh, I couldn't help wondering who sold out the crowd faster: the devotees of Shakespeare or the devotees of Star Trek and Doctor Who? But in either case, the yeah, in, in either case, the the I think it's the Royal Shakespeare. They were sold out. They turned it into a film version, so so people who never would have seen Shakespeare uh, in any way got to see it, if nothing else, because they were bis- they were visiting their fan favorite with it. So the, they exuded the same, uh, ingenuity as, as your great-grandfather, your great-great-grandfather in that sense. Um, Adam, so now, now we're, now we're up to the present. Uh, uh, could you tell us more about the Brutes, the show? Firstly, it's it's astronomical. It it has already been reviewed by every art site and all the way up through to the New York Times. This is the third or the fourth run that we're about to have at the, and now it's going to be at the uh, at the prestigious Players. Uh, tell us about the show. Yes, yeah, so my friend Casey
1: Wimby six years ago, wrote the first draft of The Brutes as an exploration of the Booth family. Um, The show itself is uh, the, the subject matter of the show, Details the only professional performance that all three brothers performed in together. It was a benefit performance performed in late November of 1864. Mm-hmm. And it was to uh the, the purpose of the benefit performance was to raise funds to erect a statue in honor of William Shakespeare in Central Park, which still is there. You can go and see it. That's great. The choice of the show this evening was Julius Caesar, and Edwin played. Uh, their older brother, Junius Jr., played Cassius, and in an ironic twist, uh, John Wilkes Booth played Mark Antony, who, as uh, uh, your Shakespeare uh, fans will know, uh, was the anti conspirator against the assassins of Caesar. Well, six months later, John Wilkes Booth assassinates President Lincoln. So the show itself uh, revolves around the. And the actual show of of Julius Caesar, the, the run up to and then the aftermath of this particular benefit performance, and uh, details the life of the family and their uh, their kind of struggles and their
0: conflicts
1: leading up to this performance.
0: Wow, that's great. Um, now, now you had a very interesting story how you met Mister Valley. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so before the shows, I, uh, I, I tend to bar, um, or I do box office. I, I tend to find that if I sit backstage, I begin thinking over lines and way I say things, and it makes me incredibly nervous and agitated. And so, in order to quell that, I'll go and do something to occupy my mind, so I don't, I don't have any time to do anything but think about. It. Um, so that when want to get on stage, I'm just there. That's all there is. Right. Um, so, I happened, I guess, I, I believe it was the final weekend of our November and December run of The Brutes at the New Ohio Theater, mm-hmm. and I was attending bar, and this gentleman comes up to me and asks me, are you associated with, with uh, the production company? Oh, yes, yes I am. And he says to me, well, my name is Paul, I'm Mr. Valley, who's on the phone with us right now. I'm is Paul, and I am the great great grandson of <laughs> Jr. And in my head at that moment, I'm thinking, oh, this is fantastic. And then my second thought was, this it's is going to go one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> so and we start talking. He's very, very kind, very cordial, very excited to see the show. He introduces me to his wife, Kim and uh, the doors are open and he goes in and, and gets seated. At some point our stage manager, Emma comes to relieve me so I can go backstage and, and get ready get ready for the performance and I head back and I tell everybody well, you'll never believe uh, who I just met and everybody freaks out for a minute we all get collective we go through the show. It happened to be one of those magical nights where it was a combination of the energy in the crowd, us knowing that we had a living descendant of the booths in the house with us. And over an overtold old house, I actually had to see people in the aisles um, because we, we had a couple people who came in late who just went, it was the only time they could see it. And the show just ran brilliantly. It was probably the best performance we'd had. And then afterwards... Paul and Jan came over. They were incredibly grateful and gracious. They loved the show. Um, I introduced them to the entire cast. We we got to talking. We took a photo uh, with them, which, as I believe I said yesterday, I have in my house. That's up by my bed. Um, <laughs> I can remind myself of that. It was just it was a really lovely, magical experience. And and as I had said, the the wonderful part about having Paul and Jan there, was getting to see, getting to see them see the show, and then afterwards, their gratitude at seeing such a show, and as Paul had said to me, it was wonderful to see my family come to life on stage, to see Edwin and Junius and John and Asia, and, you know, their father, who appears as a ghost, to see their relationships lived out on stage. Um, One of the geniuses, I mean, part of Casey's genius in writing the script, he could have taken so many tacks, and he could have written just a show about you know, a play that, you know, was kind of sensational because it involved John Wilkes Booth, but what he actually did was much more clever than that. He wrote a show about a family, a family in turmoil and a nation in turmoil, because this show, the the, the benefit performance took place at the height, the very tail end and height of the Civil War. So similarly to kind of our tumultuous time now where people, you know, have very ingrained ideas and there's like a back and forth and everybody's at each other's throats. And families can be torn apart by these things. Casey wrote a show about a family in turmoil and a nation in turmoil. And Paul made sure to let us know it was wonderful to see my family come to life in such a way and to see it presented uh, as such.
0: You you bring up a very interesting thing. One of the, the I won't say slogans that's so crass, but but one of the one of the, the the sentences always mentioned about the Civil War was that it was brother against brother. And and yeah. today we're in our own version of that. So it's it's really ironic. That disappeared at this time, uh, Mr. Valley, you're, you're uh, you 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 said humbly that you're not in the arts, but you're a patron of the arts, and and the fact that you keep uh, you keep the memory of your family alive means you're as much an artist as as any of us. So so I thank you so much for that. Um, what's it like? Uh, now, not only the brutes, but but what's it what's it like when you're sitting in an audience or in a movie theater and you look up and go, oh, that, that, "That's great, Grandpa! That's that's my uncle! Look at the... What's it like to see your family up there over yeah. and over again yeah. in so many cases? It, it is a unique
2: experience that sadly most people will never get to experience. Um, mm. But but to be sitting there and looking at the dynamics, the family dynamics, or just the retelling of historical events or anything about your ancestors. It just, it it, it, does two things. One, it's really um, heartwarming, and just, it makes me feel like I'm getting to know my actual relatives. But then it also gives me goosebumps, because it's almost like they're there, and um, oh, that's you true. know, it's just it's just an amazing feeling, and it it will not just. And to me, it's not about how it's interpreted. It's just that it is interpreted. It's that people have a passion about what happened, or beyond that? Like he said, it wasn't about John Wilkes getting ready to assassinate somebody. It was about the family and their dynamics and their
0: interchange, and it's just. It is an amazing thing to get to see that, and I wish everybody had that opportunity. It's really something. There is another line from Hamlet. I'm quoting Hamlet because I know that was Edwin Booth's uh, major success, if you will, uh, when the ghost turns to Hamlet and says, Do you remember me? And, and so, uh, essentially, yes, it's almost Shakespearean in the fact that, that your family is remembered. You're able to see them up there in lights, if you will, uh, in, in, in the venue, in the, in the style of which they lived, so in the habit of which they lived. So, so that's quite wonderful. Um, we, I, we talked yesterday, and, and I laughed out loud at the, at the thought that of all the actors in New York... Uh, the only one who decides he plans to be a bartender each and every time he has to go on is standing at the actual bar in which yeah. in which the descendant of the Booth family decides to stroll over. You could have asked every usher. You could have asked anyone. You strolled over to him. So that's 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 some form of of, of spiritual connection right there, which is wonderful. Uh, there, was I guess a, there was another story. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of odd, I guess it's kind of odd that I thought the bartender would
2: have a tie, but for some reason, something about him, uh, <laughs> he was my first and only choice of who to go with talk
0: to. Well, of course, he's playing your oh, great-great-uncle, great so there you go.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Adam, we know how you felt about the whole thing there by going backstage, and now now that picture yeah. adorns your home and everything like that, so that must have been a pivotal moment for you.
1: It, it was just, it was incredible. It was just such an incredible experience. I, words could not even begin
0: to do it justice. It was amazing. I had read, uh, in doing some research for this, I had read of a story of Edwin Booth and Abraham Lincoln's son, and I thought I was going to be brilliant and, and share it with you, but of course you already knew it, Mr. Valley, uh, how Edwin Booth actually saved the life of uh, Abraham Lincoln's son. <laughs> Um, yes, it was,
2: uh, his son, had, Robert, had fallen onto a train track, or was about, teetering and about to fall onto a train track, and, um, Edwin saved his life, pulled him out of the way of the oncoming train. Amazing. And, um, it's an unbelievable coincidence that makes you wonder, how could it really be just a coincidence? It's
0: not, of course, there, there, An interesting,
1: interesting aspect of that it. too was that Edwin didn't know who he saved, if I remember the story correctly. But Robert Todd Lincoln absolutely knew who Edwin was. So Edwin just thought he, you know, he saved some some kid. And then years later, when when he got a letter in the mail from Robert Todd Lincoln, he was, you know, reminded of this this amazing thing that had occurred.
0: Uh, it, it definitely right. makes you think there's spiritual connections everywhere. And, and somewhere someone pushed Edwin Booth in just the right place, uh, and someone pushed Paul Valley in just the right place, so that now, so that now we all get a wonderful opportunity to see this amazing show again. And where mm-hmm. is it best to be? But at the players in New York City. So I think that's absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, gentlemen, I am so appreciative uh, uh, for the time. Uh, I look forward so much to the production. Mr. Valley. I look forward to meeting you. Adam, I look forward to seeing how brilliant you'd be and maybe even getting a drink from you before the show. Um, there you go. <laughs> and and it is a pleasure to speak to both of you once again. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, great, great talking with you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you both very much. I was honored to chat with you. Um, As you can see, we had some audio issues. We actually had more than that. The first recording mysteriously vanished and we had to chat again, which frankly for me was a joy, I gotta tell you. Uh, But nonetheless, I wonder what happened to it. Maybe the ghost of John Wilkes didn't like my questions. Speaking of ghosts, next time we'll inaugurate a new feature in the Passion Pit. As you may know, I'm hosting a television series called Terror Talk on the burgeoning streaming network Terror TV. Now, Terror TV is not just another niche network. They are opening doors to new independently made pieces as well as original content. Darren Ramage, the founder of the streaming station, has his heart in indie art. And in honor of that, we will present a series called In the Dark. There's another double meaning to that as we deal with movies. Get it, you know, sitting in the dark theater and we'll focus on filmmakers of macabre works. Hitting history again, our first interview will be with Dacra Stoker, the great grandnephew of author Bram Stoker, whose seminal work set in motion a gothic tale that changed the face of horror films forever. Dracula. Till then, I'm Jay Michaels.